Hello and welcome to The Stinger, a super fan's guide to Marvel, Star Wars, and much more in fandom. I'm Josh Gann. With me today, as always, our lovely co-hosts making their way down the red carpet. It's Trent Neely and Joseph Sneed. How are we doing, guys? It's Christmas. I, I love Christmas, guys. Like It, it really <laughs> is the most wonderful time of year for me, truly. So wow. I'm in a great mood. That was sweet. Yeah, it's, it's, it, I'm, I'm deeply honored to be part of this uh, illustrious panel to uh, <laughs> do our awards today. Much like Trent, I will echo the, uh, the Christmas sentiments of uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, go have fun with your family. It's a holly jolly time. And and when you're with your family, uh, tell them about the podcast. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Maybe you put wanna, it on, you know? Yeah, you know, want to have a great discussion of like what came out this past year? Like <laughs> exactly. we're going to talk about sort of all the all the big hits. I love it, guys. That's right. That's the energy we want to bring today. Pitch this podcast. Look, um, as always, thank you all for joining us today. We are so excited to get into our award ceremony for the end of the year. Um, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and then follow us on social media on Instagram and TikTok at the stinger pod. Um, it's, it's the season guys. I got Christmas gifts behind me right now. You know, we've been like, honestly cutting it close to the wire wrapping some of these gifts. Um, as you're hearing this now, You've probably already had your your holiday celebration, so I I hope you enjoyed them. And and now we can get into that end of the year discussion of what was what was the best thing you watched in 2023. Um, to get things kicked off today, we wanted to do some like honorable mentions, like some things that we won't talk about explicitly in our awards for today. Uh, but we felt like you know it's still worth mentioning. Um. Guys, I I can't wait to get into these award awards. Um to give you a taste of what's to come. We're talking things like best movie of the year, the best TV show of the year, the best animated project of the year. Um we're going to get into that those big discussions later. But first, um what what was something that really caught you off guard and like really pleasantly surprised you in 2023? For me, I've been on the record on this podcast and like anyone that I've texted this past year, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, like yeah. was easily like the biggest, like I saw the preview for that and I'm like, huh, I like Chris Pine. I like Michelle Rodriguez. Like I like all these people in this. Um, the directors had done Game Night, which I found really funny a couple years back. Um and I was just like, but I don't know. It just looks like they're, oh, like another franchise. We got to get going. And then the movie like was kind of awesome. Like yeah. in my in my yeah. letterbox list right now, I like I have a list of not just fandom based movies, but movies of the year that are like are my favorites. And like this is in my top 10 for the year. Really? Period. Top yeah. 10 of the year. And actually, I think it might be in my top five right now. Oh, yeah. my gosh. So I, what, I, what was it that like what was it that really, you know, tickled your fancy so much? I think it was really, I think I said this the last podcast that like, it's the most closest to movies come to recapturing the energy of the princess bride for me. Yeah. Like, I, I yeah, feel like it really just, just it. that, yep. that vibe of like, it's sort of meta, but it doesn't break the fourth wall. But like, there's like humor and romance and action. Um, There's like two really nice, 
action sequences in this. Like mm. one's like a CGI long take with animal transformations, basically. <laughs> um, yep. And then yep. there's one thing with a with a painting being put on a caravan. That's like one of the coolest things I've ever seen. That one is so cool. Um, and and I just really love all these characters. And there's and there's a couple jokes in this uh, movie that that also slayed me. The the questioning of the skeletons with like the seven questions yes. is like one of the funniest yep. scenes of the last year. Very Monty, Monty Python type stuff. That's just really good. So all it's, that together for me. It's a really clever movie. Like you it's talk so about fun. you talk about that painting scene. Yeah, ba- basically, it's just like it's using. I, I've never played Dungeons and Dragons, but I feel like it's using that same probably like skill and strategy that it takes to play the game and incorporating it in different ways in the movie, like having to really like think on your feet to solve a problem. That's what that scene is. And I just think that's so cool. I think it's so cool that they did that. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm really excited. Um, we haven't gotten confirmation that there's a sequel yet. I'm hoping against hope though, that that this is going to be the start of something fun. It could be, or it'll be like, We'll have a Catan movie in four years. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. It'll start. It'll start a broader <laughs> board game cinematic exactly. universe or tabletop. I guess you should say. Exactly. Yeah. Joseph, what surprised you this year? You know, I, I don't think mine is a pleasant surprise, but I think it's something that caught a lot of people off guard: the backlash against major franchises this year. Yeah. Ooh, good. Yeah. Good pull. Uh, yeah. Marvel probably had their worst year they've ever had mm-hmm. it's i would say it's ugly uh, right now dc at this point none of us have seen aquaman but i'm kind of hearing aquaman might be the worst movie they've made which is kind of that's sad saying a lot no way that can't be possible yeah, yeah it, it, i'm hearing it's like really bad um disney has not had a great year no nah. um yeah just kind of the the turning against kind of these franchises that not DC, but you know, Marvel and Disney have generally been beloved over the years. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm I, genuinely I, I think, surprised the level of which Indiana Jones flopped, right? Like, oh, I, that's another yeah. one. Yeah. Like, I feel like Harrison Ford as a cultural figure, not just as Indiana Jones, but like for generations of people, like, like our parents and even like grandparents a little bit and stuff. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm surprised that there was, I'm not saying that I expected the movie to be like a blockbuster because it, it's not the greatest movie ever made, but I thought for sure, like as it, as Harrison Ford's last ride as Indiana, like people would still show up. I think a lot of it too is not franchise re- fatigue. It's like crappy movie fatigue. And I'm not oh, saying Indiana sure. Jones yeah. is crappy, but it's not the quality you want from an Indiana Jones movie. Guardians three was the only really quality Marvel movie this year. Loki yep. we liked as a project. Yep. Uh, but that's the only thing I'm going to say about it. Secret invasion is the worst thing Marvel's ever done. Yep. Moving yep. on. Yep. Uh, DC so did Marvel. Much- DC pretty much had four movies this year and like all of them did poorly. Yeah. Yeah. Or was it, was it three movies? It was four. It was, it was four. It was Shazam, the flash, flash blue beetle, and now blue Aquaman beetle. and Aqu- yeah. yeah, it was four. So, yep. Yep. None of those did good. Aquaman looks like it's going to do worse than the Marvel's. Which is yeah, saying something. Yeah, I mean, I saw that Aquaman didn't even get a a full like red carpet premiere. Like it was Wait, just no, they, it was just they, Jason Momoa and James bruh. Wan at like a screening. Bruh. And it wasn't like a critic screening; it was like a fan screening. Yeah, oh, that's sad, guys. Yeah, so, that's so sad. But but just kind of seeing 
these franchises like go to crap. And then also we've got the backlash against Warner brothers discovery with yep. whatever's going on with them. Now they might be merging with paramount, which is going to be awful. Um, so yeah, just my surprise this year was the backlash against major franchises. Yeah. Uh, it's, a good pick. it's a good one. And I'm going to piggyback off of that. Um, because I was thinking like, if you had told us, like if you had, if you had showed us from the future what our list of picks would be for this episode this year, like what our awards picks would be, there is something missing. There's a few things, but there's one project in particular that is like almost not on our list at all that I'm shocked is not there. And that's Mandalorian season three. Guys, mm-hmm. it, it like, I, I feel like that was the biggest show in franchise, like, in the in the fandom genre over the past over the start of the 2020s yeah and like like genuinely you could forget it came out this year yeah yeah no i mean i read an article a couple weeks ago that randomly it it was written when season three came out but it randomly got spat at me like a couple Mm. weeks ago Mm -hmm. and somebody was like i think part of the problem is the season two finale is so good yeah and like so cathartic that like some people emotionally viewed it as like the series finale. Like they, they just like, they were wow. like, Oh, like, like Grogu was re- like united with a Jedi. And like, that's the fulfillment of this story. Like, I don't, I don't need anymore. Like I like yeah. that. That's good. That's fair. Like, and it, then it pe- actually could serve as the end if you wanted it to hundred percent. And I, I don't really think of it that way. And I'm like, yeah, I think that could be an underlying like psychological effect. Is it just like, yeah. we, we got like Luke Skywalker showed up. And after that, where you, where do you go? I think there may have been the disconnect too with the book of Boba Fett. Oh, 100%. Where some yeah. major story stuff for Mando season three happened in the book of Boba Fett. It's it's one and, of the most, like, I feel like still in 20 years, like we're going to be talking about just architecturally, like what went into that decision what and why. Earth, yeah. Like, because, what was happening? What was happening? Because that, that first Mando episode of book of Boba Fett is in contention for the best episode of the Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. Where, yeah. where he's on his own. Yeah, and you're like, why was really this is. not? Why was this not the premiere of season three? Because yeah, could you imagine episode, if they started season three that way? Like, it would have been so good. It might have changed marginally, at least, how we think of the whole season entire mm-hmm. in its entirety. Because that episode is just so good and tight narratively. Yep. You know, it kind of goes up with the marshal. Gotta give a shout out. Yeah, gotta but, shout it out when it, you can. It, but it was. It was such a great episode. And he's getting back into bounty hunting and you're kind of seeing him back doing his thing. And it showed you for an episode that the show could survive without baby Yoda in it. Yeah. Yeah. And then they just undid all. And then they're like, nah, we need to sell them toys. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right, guys, what's the funniest moment to you across 2023 and and stuff that we watched this year? So can I cheat a little bit and do two quick ones from yeah, the same yeah. thing? Go for it. Um, so in Barbie, um, sorry for people who haven't seen it, but there there's two jokes that slayed me and that I think about more than any other joke from anything this year. The first one comes, Barbie ends up in the real world and she talks to this girl who like explains everything that's like wrong with Barbie. And then Margot Robbie goes off into the corner and starts crying. And she's like, she thinks I'm a fascist, but I don't even control the railways or the flow of commerce. <laughs> like it's the funniest joke that would go over every kid that's in the so audience's good. head. Yep. And then later in the movie, when there's, um, how do I not spoil the movie here? Shenanigans with the Ken's going on in Barbie land. 
uh-huh. and a wall and a wall is being built. Uh, Michael Sarah, beautifully as Alan, is like, if they ever start figuring out how to build this wall across instead of up, we're going to be in big trouble here, guys. And I laughed about that joke for a solid like six minutes and I missed like parts of the movie because I couldn't stop laughing. It's at that so joke. good. I forgot about that one, man. Oh, my gosh. That movie has about 10 more that you could include in this list. Yeah, just... there's many others from that movie, but those oh two are the ones gosh. that I think about. Like, I haven't even rewatched the movie, but I think about those two moments like on a regular basis. And then the, the and then to top it all off with the ending to Barbie, like truly one yeah. of the wildest endings I've I've ever yeah. watched on screen. Yeah, those it's are great. great. Uh, Joseph, what what about you? I think I'm going to cheat and take two also, and I think you know what the, what both of them are. I do. They're, they're also both from the same movie. They are from the Marvels, which will probably not get another mention in the rest of the show. <laughs> There's two scenes in the Marvels that are just so insanely absurd. They don't make any sense at all, and they're hilarious. So the first one, they go to a planet. I don't even remember why they went to the planet. (laughs) But the, the language of the planet is they can only speak in song. This is true. And probably the best joke in the entire movie is Captain Marvel is married to their prince. <laughs> and uh, Monica and Kamala start like trying to sing to the prince. And he turns around and starts speaking, in, like regularly speaking, and Captain Marvel's like, he's bilingual. <laughs> and it was, it's just absurd because all of But it's people, all in English. Yeah, it's all in English. <laughs> And when Captain Marvel gets there, she's catching the prince up to speed in a song while they're dancing. It's it's completely insane. It's this crazy. It may, like they break out into like a ballroom dance and and are singing to each other at the same time. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah and it's, Captain it's, Marvel it's crazy. is like, there is a disaster coming to your planet. We have to take precaution. <laughs> And, good. It's pretty good like, uh, falsetto there, Joseph. All right. And then, oh, thank you very much. <laughs> um, then the second scene from Captain Marvel is probably the one that Josh likes. Wild. More. They're trying to evacuate a space station, and they only have one escape pod. There's like an army of the Flurkin cats, and they're running around eating people. Oh my god. <laughs> because That's they have right. like pocket dimension stomachs that can right. store this amount of people. And so there's like a I don't even remember what the song is that's playing, but these cats are just running around the space it's, station. It's actually and, from Cats the Musical. Oh it is? That yes, the oh, song is from, the song and, is from Cats. Is it memories? But, are they yeah, playing yeah, memories? I'm pretty sure it's memories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's incredible. But, <laughs> but what they're doing is just all these kittens are running around eating people, and there's this voice over the intercom going, and it's completely calm. It says, Please let the cats eat you. Please let the cats eat you. Please let the cats eat you. And all these cats are just like eating people, and the people are just screaming, running around the space station, and like Nick Fury's holding cats up to try and eat people and it's oh, unhinged. And, and Miss Marvel's family is up on the space station too, getting the cats to eat people. And then when they're in the escape pod, the cats are like floating in zero gravity. 
it it looks completely stupid, but was and then absolutely the, hilarious. And then they start like the cats start vomiting all as the escape pod crashes to earth, oh, and then there's yeah. people just coming out and crashing against the inside of the escape. It's crazy. It makes yeah, absolutely and, no oh, sense, but it's hilarious. They, the the escape pod lands in a park and there's yes. a homeless person sleeping on a bench yes. and these cats come out and just start throwing up humans and he runs away screaming yes. like a normal person would right it, it was just captain marvel or the marvels is not the worst thing marvel has ever done but it might be the dumbest thing they've ever done while also being the most like absurdist comedic yes. thing they've ever yes. done yes it's almost like a. It, it almost feels like a. It was made to be a cult classic. Like it, it's almost <laughs> like, it's almost Napoleon Dynamite ish. I'm not gonna lie. Like it's, but it's very think, interesting. But I think the difference is, is they weren't trying to. Make right, right. It wasn't <laughs> intentional. It was. It clearly wasn't intentional. Like it's. It is a. It is a bad movie. Yeah. Unintentionally funny. Yeah. Yeah. I I gotta give it up to another Marvel project, and this one's tough because it wasn't meant to be a funny moment. But like, guys, when I finally caught up on Secret Invasion, and I was watching it on my phone on the airplane I was on, and I'm like, Nick Fury is just walking into the scroll base. Like, what's what's happening here? And then, oh my God, did Nick Fury just die? And then. Nope, it's not Nick Fury, it's Gaia. And guess what? She has every superpower known to mankind on Earth. And then you get to watch one of the worst CGI fights of all time. Gaia chooses to do the Drax arm when she probably could have been Captain Marvel. Like, I I don't know. And it is that scene of watching Gaia and Gravik fight with all these random superpowers and it all looks so terribly uh, like the visual effects and not no offense to the artists. Cause they were under immense pressure, I'm sure. But Oh my gosh, I've like, it never had the MCU gotten so bad to where I could actually just sit back and laugh and be like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe like the, I, what am I watching right here? This looks like a high school project. No, I mean, I remember cause I was, I was a little late watching the finale. And so I was on like Twitter or something and I saw like screenshots and I was like, oh, people are already like photoshopping stuff and making memes. Yeah. And then <laughs> I went and watched I it. Too. And then I watched it and I'm like, oh no, this is literally like a it's frame real. from this this episode. Like it- I I watched it on my lunch break at work. And I remember sitting there watching it like I think this <laughs> is one of the worst things I've ever watched before. <laughs> Which is so weird to think, like, you come to that realization slowly of, like, yes. I want this show yep. to be good. Yep. And then I was sitting there thinking, like, I think I kind of hated that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, wonder I, on- I wonder if it's just me. I'm honestly curious, like, to, like, go back now and rewatch, like, Thor The Dark World and just see if, like, 2023 Marvel has done mm. enough that, like, Thor The Dark World, I go Ooh. back and I'm like, oh, yeah. that wasn't actually... So- we should... We should do that. We should do a side by side. We should do like a comparison of like so who's I, actually the worst. I think you have to give, and this is coming from someone who really doesn't like Thor: The Dark World. I think you have to give it credit 
for what they do with Loki and Frigga. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Because that scene is better than anything they put into Secret Invasion. Well, and also you could argue that without the stuff between Loki and Thor in the Dark World and like sort of the buddy cop thing they sort of introduce in that one, the comedy between them and Ragnarok isn't set up yep. because they're they're villains at the end of Avengers and Thor One. So it's like yep. mm-hmm. the Dark World is flawed but kind of important like and i'm not being facetious like um so yeah, yeah. I, I i'm kind of curious to go back and visit it honestly and i remember some of the action sequences not being too bad either so yeah yeah it's i think yeah. we i think we should do that i think we should compare we should see like who's actually at the bottom of the dog pile here um all right last thing before we head to our awards what got you most excited for a future project this year so I forgot that this franchise was still going, but then they dropped a little teaser trailer for Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Yes, and I was like, yes. oh, Let's talk I about actually, it. I so I really like the um the trilogy that we got a couple years mm-hmm. back. I think especially Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is like one of the best sci-fi blockbusters we've gotten in like twenty years, genuinely. Ooh. Um, um and so i like forgot that this was a thing but the idea that it's set i think they just confirmed this week that it's going to be set like 300 years in the yeah. future yeah. or something like yeah. that and it's just everything's overgrown there's like different ape kingdoms and yep. like it's kind of like mad max fury road like i'm just like i'm i'm all in like that the visual same. effects look incredible the world building the mythology seems deep like the humans have their own thing going on i'm just i'm jazzed I, i'm ready i'm down for it man yeah, I, I, I'm with you because that Planet of the Apes trilogy was it's super underrated. Like, yeah, like as a trilogy, I think Dawn is easily the best. <coughs> and I think Rise and War also have amazing mm-hmm. moments in them. Like the moment when Caesar first speaks in Rise is like one of my favorite scenes ever. It's yeah. It's well, so then, good. then yeah. you have the uh, ape not kill ape. Yes. Yeah. Koba not ape. Yeah. 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 No, Dawn, Dawn is a masterpiece. Full yeah. stop. Yeah. Joseph, how about you? I won't piggyback off of Trent because I, I think the, that the new Planet of the Apes is going to be good. Uh, I will take a Star Wars stab, and I think, tragically in hindsight, but uh, Balin Skull kind of overlooking the statues Ooh, of the, yeah. uh, the father and the son yeah. at the end of Ahsoka was really interesting. Great and pick. I'm not going to lie. I'm a giant Dune stan, so the Dune trailers <laughs> have been amazing to me. They've been giving you life. I mean, if I could watch one new thing next year, caveat being that Star Trek Strange New Worlds won't come back until 2025, because that changes yep. things. It does. It does. But it would be Dune 2. Yeah, that's... I I mean, I can't... That, that piece of the Ahsoka story... Is one of the most intriguing things. So I, I can't yep. wait to see what they do next. For me, I'll go real quick. Uh actually I got I got two things. Um Silo. Love that show. You might hear us talk about it a little bit today, but the ending scene of Silo opens up the world of that show in a way that like I didn't think was possible. Yeah, it's one of the coolest finales we've it's gotten a in a really while. Really good finale, like a really good finale. And like is the perfect cliffhanger to like it's complete the story's complete but then it leaves you wanting more and it opens your mind to the idea that oh this is like a universe this is like a world that we can spend a lot of time in now and i can't wait i can't wait to see it the other thing i want to mention is uh spoiler warning if you haven't seen the marvels but 
not a post-credit scene, but at the end of the Marvels, we get a recreation of Nick Fury's recruitment pitch to Tony Stark in the original Iron Man, except Kamala Khan is Nick Fury and Kate Bishop is Iron Man and Kamala Khan is recruiting the young Avengers. Mm. It's so cool. It's so cool. Like I, out of, out of all of the things that Marvel has tried to do in phase (laughs) four and five, I, I think Miss Marvel might be the best, if not one of the best. And uh, the fact that these two characters could be headlining a young Avengers crew gets me really excited. Like, there's not a lot of chemistry uh, when you like cross franchises with it within the MCU right now, but I think this one could work. This actually yeah. gives me gives promise of like, oh, this is something that people could care about. So like, I the Young Avengers thing, I really hope it happens. You throw Spider Man in there, people are definitely going to care about it. Yeah, for real, for real. Um, all right, y'all ready to get to some award voting? Let's do some awards. First up in our show, best world building is the first award we're going to talk about tonight. Um, now, for to, to preface, we got, we got votes on, on social media, and we have tallied up all of those votes. And then now me, Joseph, and Trent will each cast our votes for each award, and our votes will count double. So our votes are going to weigh a little bit more. The, the, stinger, the stinger speaks in volumes here, okay? So... Uh, we will tally all of the votes together at after each of us have voted for an award, and then we'll go award by award and announce a winner. So best world building. The candidates for best world building are Barbie, Silo, Avatar, The Way of Water, Monarch, The Legacy of Monsters, John Wick, Chapter 4, and Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Now, we got we got quite a field here. I feel like not all of us have seen everything in this list. Uh, Trent, you may have seen the most amount of content. Yeah, I think in this I've list. seen everything except um, Hunger Games. So, so I, I maybe I maybe I'm going to toss it to you here and just let you like speak about the field. Like what 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 is this field of best world building look like to you? Yeah, I mean it's interesting, right? Because you got you got a lot of good stuff here. Um, it, it, it into an interesting question of semantics for me personally when voting because Silo, uh, like great world building, but it's yes. like it's from a book. Like it's not from the movie. That's the true. Thing that it, so it's like, does does that weigh in? I don't know. Um, it might weigh in for me a little bit. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, and then, you know, like same thing with like Avatar The Way of Water. It's a sequel. So a lot of that world building was done in the, in the previous iteration. Um, so I could see people maybe not picking up on that although Tilakun is like the coolest create creature to come up in cinema in the last you know 85 years completely so agree. um there's stuff there's stuff about that um john wick chapter four introduces the idea of duels into the john wick universe and i'm talking like hamilton style like duels oh um oh yeah. interesting and incredible incredible i don't want to spoil anything else about it because it features heavily into the climax of the movie but okay, okay. um but yeah incredible stuff um, for my actual vote, I think I, I have to go with Barbie on this one for me. Okay. All right. Um, All just right. because when they announced this movie, do y'all remember the Disney Channel original movie Life Size with like Tyra Banks? Did you all watch this? I don't think so. I think you Where, got me uh, there. So I don't think so, I watched it. So it is about a doll who comes to life. And then like this girl who owned the doll, like teaches her what it means to be human. 
And when they announced the Barbie movie, I thought that's what we were going to get. But then they Mm -hmm. ended up revealing that like, no, it's just Barbie Land is sort of this metaphor for children's imagination brought to life, but also its own parallel dimension that exists separate of Earth. So is it like the Lego movie? Yes, it's closer to that than than like what I just described with life size. Yeah, Um, there's actually a few things about the Lego movie that you could find parallels to Barbie in, I think. Interesting. Um, but but yeah, so I th- I think the way that Greta brought Gerwig and Noah Baumbach brought this this commercial about Barbie, but made it its own world and universe, like is so unique and cool that I got I got to give it the shout out here. Hey man, I am going to go next because I'm gonna I'm gonna be redundant here. My vote was also Barbie. Hey. I just I just think like I mean to me world building. This is actually a category very like near and dear to my heart. This is what captures my attention when I'm watching one of these fandom pieces is like, can, can you visually bring something to life in a way that's appealing to the eye? And it makes sense to me. Yeah. And Barbie land is all of that. Like I, the is like, I just think so much credit has to go to the production crew on this movie for like the insane level of detail they gave to, to this world. And it's like, it looks, it looks fake. Like it's supposed to be, it looks fake and plastic. But that's yeah. part of the allure, and like honestly, they deserve an Oscar. Like I, I really hope like, um, what is it? Set design, I, I production I, design, yes, production design. Like I, 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 I would want to see Barbie take take an Oscar for this, like in real life, because it is that good to me. So Barbie's my vote. Like, like Joseph, just for like an idea here, like they, it, it's Barbie Land in real life, but like Margot Robbie, like the houses are built to scale to Bar- Margot yes. Robbie, so it's like if a doll was in a dollhouse, like it's her height to that ratio. The, the showers oh. don't, the showers don't have water coming out of it. Like all yes. the food and yes. drinks are just like plastic cartons, like toys. Yep. Um, but life size, but life size. Um, and like okay. instead of walking down steps, people float down because that's what would happen if you were like playing with a doll. Like it, it, it's just really. Do they do the thing where it'd be like you kind of tap them like that as they're going down the steps? Or no, are they it's, just, it, it's just like, like straight it up. It is floating. legitimately if you're picking up yeah. and floating. Yep. Yeah, it's like that. Yep. Okay. Ah, it, it's cool. It's real. So cool. It's, just, it's just really unique, and I think I think there's a million ways you could do Barbie and Barbie Land that, yes. that are less interesting and more if not obvious, just cliche. And so I think the way they did that deserves deserves a shout out. Joseph, what's your vote? I think I'm going to go Avatar. Nice. Thought, there you go. Uh, thought the water setting was really, really interesting. <coughs> How they um, kind of, they had a different physiology. The, mm-hmm. uh, the Navi, the water Navi. Yeah, they have like the different uh, tails that are more for yeah, swimming. They had, the, they had the different tails. They had kind of webbedish fingers and like a fin that came up on their forearm. Uh, I think they had bigger chest, you know, like you see um, swimmers have. Uh, Payakan, I thought was really interesting. Yes. It was like a super whale. Yep. Um, and they just went to like a completely different biome of Pandora that I really liked. And I liked it more than the forest setting i think me too yeah uh the water was fun the kind of the way they're they had the little like flying dragonfly fish things that they would get on yeah they had their like water huts that were different than the than kind of like the treehouse type of thing so Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I'm gonna go with Avatar. I thought I thought they did a lot of cool world building, and I think Avatar three with like Firebender Land might be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Firebender Land it could be it, honestly, yeah, it could be really cool. All right, y'all ready to unveil a winner? Yeah. All right, yep. let's do it. The winner of 2023 best world building the the stinger should we call it the stinger the stinger stingy the, the award stingy? the award goes to barbie nice barbie is our winner for best world building and i think for this one i think it's only fair to do like that that's the winner if you total all the votes but the people's champ i'm gonna i'm gonna shout out the people's champ because i know we didn't watch this movie but the majority of votes from the people went for this movie and that's Hunger Games, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. So, I have heard that this is people's favorite one since Catching Fire, or even just their favorite one in general. So, uh, that's so I'm not really surprised. That's really interesting. That's really the, interesting. I thought the people's champ was The Rock. <laughs> the people's elbow. We can, no, we can smell what he's cooking from here. Well, he is the people's champion, so, you know. It's true. It's true. I mean, will Hunger Games... <laughs> Hunger Games, you'll have to take that up with The Rock. I can't officially hand that award over to you, but maybe, Dwayne, if you hear this, that's on you, buddy. Um, all right, next we move to the best action sequence of 2023. And our candidates for this are the Guardians of the Galaxy hallway fight uh, from Guardians Volume 3. The Spider Society chase as uh, all of the many, many Spider-Men chase Miles Morales in Across the Spider-Verse. We have, you know what, Trent? I'm actually going to ask you to pronounce this. Is one. it what's the John the, Wick one? Yeah, what's it's John Wick? Mon, it's the Montmartre de Sacre Coeur. Like basically, it's just Thanks a bunch of man. steps. I, okay, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. But I, there's no way I would have said that right. You're, you're good. I got you. We have the train sequence from Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. We have the opening train sequence of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And then last, we have the bunker fight in Blue Beetle. Is that the climax fight? Yeah, uh, basically. It, it's kind of the entire, like, third act. But, like, there's a specific, like, shot where, like, Blue Beetle is just wrecking some fools in a, in a bunker. That's pretty pretty nice. It's not, like, it's not nearly in this leap, but it's kind of Daredevil-esque. Like, oh, kind of. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> I, very, I make that comparison heavy. loosely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very heavy kind of there. Okay. Yeah. That's our list. What do we think about this field, guys? I think I'm going to surprise no one when I say it has to be my beautiful Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. I mean, of course, like Josh, you just saw this movie. Yes. Like, they, like Tom Cruise has done so much for us. And then they went and built a train. They, they physically built this train because they knew that they wanted to mild spoiler. They knew that they eventually had to crash it and nobody was going to lend them a train to crash. That's crazy. And so they're, and so they're like, well, if we're going to crash this into a quarry, which they did for real, by the way. Um, yes. That, we, yep. we, we have to build this. And so they build a train, and you have people fighting in the train, on top of the train, people falling off the train. And then at one point, it's slowly falling off a bridge, and the cars start turning vertically, and they're having to climb <laughs> upwards through different obstacles in the different train cars. And I'm just like... This is the most entertaining last 35 minutes of cinema that I watched in, it's, in 2023. It's a freaking thrill ride all the way through. I mean, like, it is nonstop, like, yeah. suspense. for You're right, for the entire entirety of the end of the movie. Yeah, it's it's just incredible. And, so, it, so and it starts with Tom Cruise literally jumping off a motorcycle. Yeah, like, off I a feel cliff, like that. Off a cliff, into like, a skydive. Into oh, wait, so an he, actual that, literal skydive. 
So wait, he he skydives onto a train? Basically. Yes. It, Basically. it ends up being through a train window. Yes. Which is a little bit of a cheat by the movie because they can't yeah. actually explain how he would get on the train. <laughs> they just they just kind of have him so show they up. Have him do it. Yeah. I mean, you you guys are familiar with the rule of cool, right? Yes. Rule. If it's, cool, is, if it's cool enough, it doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense. I, my, exactly. my parents, my parents, literally when we watched it again, they were like, "So how does he end up on the train?" I was like, "Rule of cool, guys. Like, <laughs> like it doesn't matter." <laughs> like, Tom Cruise has pulled that rule several times in his career. Let's, let's he be has. real. I great. I, I would expect nothing else from you, Trent. I would actually question you if you voted anything else. I'd be like, are you okay? Like, is everything all right? <laughs> that that kind of makes me want to go watch it to see Tom Cruise. Because, see, I didn't know he jumped the cliff off, oh, jumped off the cliff into another action sequence. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. The whole the whole final basically hour of the movie is just a prolonged action thing involving this train. Yeah, like like Tom Cruise jumping off a cliff is the beginning. Like it's yeah, not. That, it's that's not how. The, that, that's that's your entry point into yes. the set piece of the train as like the final setting of the film. It's wild. Okay. <laughs> it's wild, Joseph. What, what's your vote, man? I do want to give a shout out to uh, the Spider Society versus Miles. Yeah, great. Cool. Was, it's I really that cool. Was a fun sequence of them going in like the the weird space elevator thing, and then Miles being like, "Suck it, twenty ninety nine." I'm doing my own thing. Yes, yes. I love that. But I think I'm going to have to go to the people that have never disappointed in a hallway fight. I have to go Guardians of the Galaxy. All hey. right, all right. I think the uh, the choice of soundtrack, perfect. Perfect. Incredible. No, perfect. No sleep, no sleep till Brooklyn. Um, and you can, they're fighting these like, weird animal hybrid things but it's like the guardians of the galaxy are like yeah this is not time to hold back like they're just yeah. going bananas Ballistic. on these guys like like at one point the camera goes through like the gut wound like like yes. a blaster wound of one of the aliens and yes. i'm just like ah insane truly yeah, they're, insane they're just like tearing these guys apart and it's awesome because they work for the high evolutionary and everybody hates the high evolutionary right, right uh in like the best possible way like and the yeah, way that you want to yeah. hate a movie you, villain great great villain and so when yep. his bad guys are getting beat up you're like i like this yes yeah so it, yeah I'm, it does it, feel like it does feel like the peak like the a crescendo of violence for the guardians like that like everything in their journey over the three movies and like in their style of fighting was like leading up to this. You know what I mean? Like, right. Cause the camera hangs out with each of them long enough that you like see their own fighting approaches. Yes. Like, like, yes, Rude, exactly. like in his tree branches and then rockets spinning in there, like, and then Quill using like the stun, yep. like little gadget things. No, it's, it's Gamora it's, goes crazy in this Gamora fight. Gamora just too. goes ham with a katana, which every yes. movie should have somebody use a sword at yes. some point. It, swords are cool. Swords are cool. The rule of cool uh, rule of applies cool to swords. swords. Yeah. And then Nebula <laughs> has like her inspector gadget arm. Oh yeah! It's, oh my gosh! It's, I forget about that. Like it's just doing all different kinds of things with it. And then she yeah. gets like bent in half at one point, and you just yeah. like her body's repairing itself as she's fighting, and it's just wild. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the hallway fight in Guardians Three. That was my second pick, by the way. So so great pick. Well, that's my pick too. I can't like I won't say anything else about it because we've already covered it. It's amazing. It is when I think about that movie. That's actually probably the first scene i think of like it's mm -hmm. it's just stellar um all right 
You guys ready for a winner? Our best action sequence award goes to the Guardians hallway fight. It was the clear, far and away winner combined with our votes on social media. Uh, Trent, I think we just got to get more people to see Mission Impossible. How about that? Uh, the Barbenheimer effect still is taking up all this attention away from Mission. Yep. It um, really did. I, they should have had a different release date for they, it. They should have moved 100%. Yep. All right. So there's our winner. Uh, we next move to best original score. Yeah, if, you're, if you are listening at home right now, look, I'll be real. This might not be your thing that you paid attention to all year. But I know the three of us, we pay attention to movie scores we talk about it it elevate like truly it it can it's not it's not gonna make or break a film necessarily but it can make a good film great in my opinion if you have a really good composer putting some excellent music uh composition behind it and our candidates for that are natalie holt for loki season two kevin kiner for ahsoka Daniel Pemberton for Across the Spider-Verse. Gustavo Santalala. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly, but he is the composer for The Last of Us. We have Lauren Balf for Mission Impossible and Atil Orverson for Silo. Also, apologies if I mispronounced any of those names. Um, so guys, y'all get it. Y'all understand the, the composition stuff. What was the best score of 2023? So I have to go with one that was my number three album in my Apple Music replay. Oh, Impossible Dead Reckoning (laughs) was my number three album that I listened to, apparently. Of course it was. (laughs) Number three album. That's pretty impressive. Was there any other was there any other movie albums on there? Was that the that was that the standalone one? I, I think I listened to, in fairness to another nominee on this list, I think I actually listened to Ahsoka's end credits music. That was one of my top songs for the year. Um, because that song is incredible. Yeah. Um I'm trying to remember if there's any other movie soundtracks. I don't Wait, believe now so. Now I'm curious, what was your one and two? If what, you what? if you feel like oh, sharing. So so I went through like catching up on bands that I'd never really listened to before. So I listened to Oasis for the first time this year. All and right. They, Wonder and they have Wall, a bunch baby. of remastered uh, albums out and they're like Ooh. five hours long. And so the fact that I just listened to like their first two albums like that that took up so much listening time that, yeah. that those are my number one and two albums i think oh solid oh wait wait actually it might have been blink 182's new album was the number one yeah i think oh it was. okay yeah okay. i listened to that a lot all right i like it i like there you it. go a little peek into trent's uh musical journey for the year <laughs> thank you i i really i mean that's what the people are here to to hear trent like obviously <laughs> like yeah but what did trent think about music in <laughs> yeah. the year of our lord 2023 <laughs> exactly joseph how about you I don't know. This one is difficult for me. I, I will admit I have not seen The Last of Us, Mission Impossible, or Silo. <clears throat> These other three I really liked, though. Um, I think I'm going to have to go with... Man, because Ahsoka... Ahsoka's was really good. Ahsoka was built off of the Rebels one. Yes. Though, so A lot I, of nostalgia in that, in that uh, soundtrack. That's for sure. Loki season two was good. Across the Spider Verse, uh, I'll do it. I'll take Ahsoka. All right, okay. Ahsoka on that incredible theme is is a bump though. It's it, so it's, good. It's like it gets me so hyped. Like it's it's become one of my favorite like hype music now. Like I'm just like yes, I'm ready. Actually, to I can see that. You know, 
I I could totally step being some hype music. Um, all right, I am going to go Loki season two. Natalie Holt. Oh, nice. I I love that soundtrack so much. Uh, because the first season's uh score to me was like so f- it, it it really felt really fresh at the time. Like I wasn't I hadn't I wasn't hearing other you know compositions using the kind of instruments that Natalie Holt uses when she composes. Mm-hmm. And man, some of the tracks on the last uh, album for the second part of season two that match with that final episode is just like, oh yeah. man, it's, goosebumps. It's very good. It's so, very good. Yeah, and I, I got to give it to Natalie Holt. One, Go ahead. One thing about Natalie Holt too is we saw Loki season one and we're like, oh, she's really good. And then Obi-Wan Kenobi came out and you're like, uh, that's kind of a misfire on yep. her. Yep. And then Loki season two came out and again, and you're like, all right, Lucasfilm, what did you do to make her not <laughs> exactly. just like absolutely cook in this show? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I don't is, think it's this her. This is great. Yep. So. Although I do think in defense, the, the music during Obi-Wan and Invaders last duel, is pretty good. That yeah. wasn't her. Yeah. It wasn't? Oh, it wasn't? No, that's true. No, you're it right. Wasn't it wasn't. It was, it was William Ross. Yeah. Okay. It was a joint. It was a little collab throughout okay. the entire uh run um all right well we uh we have come to the end and we have a tie we have a tie um I, this isn't even a stinger versus the people here this is just a split down the middle and our uh our co stinger awards for best original score go to natalie holtz for loki season two and Lauren Balfe for Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. Hey. There you go. There you go. Uh, so best composer, we got it. Loki, season two and Mission Impossible. Next, we move to the to the single episode. What was the best single episode in 2023? This one I'm very excited to talk about. Mm-hmm. We have the candidates for this <laughs> are Long, Long Time, episode three of The Last of Us. When We Are in Need, Episode 8 of The Last of Us, Plan 99 from The Bad Batch, Under the Cloak of War, uh, Strange New World, Season 2, Episode 8, Shadow Warrior from Ahsoka, that was Episode 5, and then Glorious Purpose, the season finale episode of Loki Season 2. This is a packed field. What do Mm -hmm. we think? Yeah, this is interesting. Because episode three of The Last of Us took the sh- it took it the show in a different direction, but ended up being a really like rich character piece. Yes. Um, yep. Episode eight, the ending of that for The Last of Us, legit kind of moved me to tears. Like the final mm. the final beat of that yeah. episode is like devastating. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you know the Bad Batch, you know. It's actually, I, Bad Batch and Loki are interesting to talk about because it's like huh. these are seasons of television that I that I didn't really like all the way through, but the finales are so good. Oh, is this I the kinda, Bad Batch finale? Yeah, that okay, I that okay. I'm like that. Kind of single handedly, I was like, ah, this made this a worthwhile experience. Interesting. Um, that said, for me, I I gotta go with with Glorious Purpose here. Um, Ooh, really, Trent? What? Yeah, I yeah. didn't see that coming. The the way that this ties into loki's whole journey as like benevolent god and wanting his own throne is 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 too good to ignore um yeah and single and single-handedly got me from like kind of not hating this season 
but but not not being on board. I'll yeah, be honest. You weren't on board. No, not um, at all. single-handedly like got me to be like, okay, that was worth it. Wow. It I mean, it's a really good episode. I I'm just I'm surprised. You 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 pulled one you pulled a trick up your sleeve tonight, Trent. Um Joseph, how about you? This is gonna be me versus the people. <laughs> All right, yeah, we should have known. I'm, I, I can be, already start writing it down. I, I might be the only person that has even watched this episode. <laughs> Under the cloak of war. Let's take 2023 out of it. It's one of the oh. best episodes of TV I've ever watched. Oh, wow. he's Woo. coming out. Big folks. talk. And, and a lot of them are Star Trek episodes. Uh, Best of Both Worlds, Part 1 and 2, Family, both in Next Generation. Um, You've got uh, Sacrifice of Angels in Deep Space Nine, what most people consider to be one of TV's best episodes in The Pale Moonlight from Deep Space Nine. Um, what's What's that other one called? I can't remember the title of it, but I remember what happens. And I won't spoil it for you because it's amazing. Man, what is that one? It's another episode in Deep Space Nine. I don't know why I can't remember the title right now. Um, Under Cloak of War is the only episode of TV I watched this year. And when it was over, I was like, what the did I just watch? Yeah, yeah. Like it was one of the like I finished watching Under the Cloak of War and just sat there for a few minutes like <laughs> That's when you know it's good, man. That's that, when you're like just too good. stunned to move and your exactly. brain's just like, you're like processing. But I was sitting there, I was like, What what did I just watch? <laughs> like it and, and it's it doesn't have like <clears throat> huge like gotcha moments or anything, but you see the main character of the episode is not Captain Pike. He's at best a side character in the episode. It's about a different character. And you see this guy's experience in a previous war with the Klingons. And they bring a Klingon defector onto the ship who was in charge of the Klingon army on the planet this guy was stationed on. Mm. And they call him the Butcher. Mm. And Captain Pike is like, hey, this is a big deal for the Federation. We've got this guy like defecting to us. You guys have to treat him right. And so it's interspersed with like present day stuff mm. of what this character is going through, seeing this guy again, but then the flashbacks of seeing what happens during the war. Mm. Yeah. And it's just one of the best episodes of TV I've ever watched. That's awesome. It's, nah, that's cool, man. It's, it's just, it's just incredible. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just incredible. That's, it is not, it sometimes is not. That's all I say. It is not my favorite episode of TV, but it is up there. Because yeah, yeah. if you look at Deep Space Nine, Deep Space Nine has some just otherworldly episodes. Um, but this one continues the uh, the Star Trek 
trend of having amazing episodes that talk about real world problems because it basically addresses war PTSD in this episode, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's All really right. good. Okay. Well, look, I, I think we're going to find our star Trek audience out there. I believe it, Joseph. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> um, for me, I, this one was tough because I'm actually going to do my, I'm going to do my honorable mentions first. Trent, you said that final episode or the, the penultimate episode of last of us was like left you in tears. That thing left me shook to the point where I needed to go walk around for a little bit. Cause that yeah. was a, Oh my goodness. Take, sent chills down my spine watching, uh, watching Bella Ramsey get out of that one. It was, it was tough. Um, Shadow Warrior and Ahsoka gave me so many, so many feelings, so many feelings. I knocked my mic down. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) it gave me so many nostalgic feelings of being a child and watching uh, Hayden Christensen as 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 Anakin Skywalker. It was just so so special. And then we come to the ones I'm toying between are Glorious Purpose, which you already voted, Trent. And long, long time from mm-hmm. The Last of Us episode so three. Good. Long, long time is so special because it's basically the movie up, but in an adult setting <laughs> and in, in in the in the apocalypse. And it is I'll... like it. It's so well crafted, and it doesn't even matter that like it ultimately doesn't really affect the, the story that much. Yeah, You're I just, know that was like a that was a criticism for people, and I'm like, it's like t- that's like that's what's fun about that's TV, TV for me is, is TV. that like you can have these just like adventures or not even adventures that sounds too lighthearted, but like you can have these things that just happen. Yeah, exactly. Like that, it makes that, that, yeah, it makes it the story makes the world exactly. It makes the story richer. It doesn't yeah. necessarily move the plot forward, but like that episode actually did like it. It was necessary for us to understand Joel better. You know what I mean? Yes, and so it's a clear statement of theme. Yes. For 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 both like Nick Offerman's character yep. and in, for Joel as as consequence. Exactly. And so, so it's still important. It just doesn't move the the narrative. But it's like it it's so worthwhile that we spent that time with those characters. Yeah, hundred um, percent. In a really just special art artful episode. But I gotta I gotta give my vote to Glorious Purpose. Like it's, I, I'm it's sorry, so but like it because it did the most i think out of all these episodes that i've seen it did the most for its show out of all of them it gave mm-hmm. this show in the entire series an exclamation mark to end on and like a truly an actual purpose for everything everything that we watched previously so to me it's got to go glorious purpose from loki season two it is it is tom hiddleston's send-off and he was phenomenal in it and all the performers were phenomenal in it it was it's special like i i have already rewatched it once and i kind of want to go rewatch it again like it's so it's so good it's really good and so our winner of the stinger award for best single episode of television goes to glorious purpose loki season two and i will also for this one say people's champion long long time the people's champion on this one was yeah. long long time from the last of us that's how that's how social media voted it's a good one it's a really say, it would really be a good shame episode. to to erase that 
episode because that episode did sort of dominate like the internet and popular culture for a it couple did. weeks. It so, really, so, really did. So it deserves it deserves attention for sure. Yep. I'm, I'm gonna let y'all finish. But Under the Cloak of War was one of the <laughs> best episodes of TV ever. Just sliding Star Trek turns uh, Joseph into a Kanye rage machine. It's <laughs> it's really crazy, guys. You don't want to do well, it. I, there's there's definitely room to slight Star Trek. There <laughs> there are, there are. They have some of the best episodes and they have some of the worst. <laughs> but that happens when you have like 900 episodes. There are a lot. There are a lot of episodes. All right. We are now into our acting segment of the awards. And our next award goes to the guest, the, the best guest performance of 2023. So a lot of cameos and a lot of, um, and not necessarily, uh, character cameos but actor cameos where we get to bring in a specific actor to just cook in an episode and our our um candidate <laughs> list are our nominees for best guest performance are nick offerman for his episode in the last of us murray bartlett for his episode in the last of us daniel kaluuya for playing spider punk in across the spider-verse uh, Rashida Jones for her role in Silo, Hayden Christensen for reprising Anakin in Ahsoka, and Michael Keaton for putting on the Batman suit once more in The Flash. Um, what? How do we feel about the guest performers? There's a lot of good people on here. I I, I wish it hurts my heart to not pick Michael Keaton. I know, just, I know. He he's just not in the movie enough, and the movie doesn't, in my opinion, serve him well enough like it's like oh you get you scratch the surface of what michael keaton could have done here and That's, so I, that really sucks honestly I, so i can't i can't do that hayden christensen like the dopamine hits were strong with ahsoka and like seeing him in that clone wars armor like that was that was Oof. a life like goal Special. fulfillment achievement unlocked i didn't know that i needed <laughs> um but but I, I i think i gotta give it to to nick offerman yeah um how could you because, not i get it like the the beginning of that episode, you you think he's gonna just do the Ron Swanson thing that we yeah. all know and love Nick Offerman for, and he does to a certain degree do that in this. But then the the layers about his character that get revealed emotionally and psychologically throughout the rest of that episode are just so nuanced. And I'm just like, oh yeah, Nick Offerman's like a proper actor. Yeah, like we have not oh, been giving him his like. I mean, he's a proper actor in Parks and Rec as well, but I think. The, the, the Ron Swanson-ness has made us maybe as a culture not give him his proper respect as an actor. And now I uh, I, I definitely want to do that. And he's going to be in Mission Impossible 8. So of He course. is? So last I heard, they they did they, they showed up on a podcast, the director, oh, and were like, yes. hey, we're going to bring on some surprise guests to the Zoom who are going to be in 8. And he showed up for a second. That's so, crazy. So as the script stood like seven months ago, he's in it. I don't oh, know my- if things could change in rewrites, but... My Mission Impossible Eight stock is rising by the oh. second. I'm like, yes, like they were they were peeking into Trent's mind there. They're like, oh, he loves parking. You know what? Let's throw let's throw Nick Offerman, <laughs> throw in Nick Tom Cruise. There. Why not? Yeah, Joseph, where where are you voting on this one? Anakin. <laughs> so simple. That, That's all I he mean. Needed. It sounded a little Palpatine-ish. Anakin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was just. I'm not going to slight any of the other people on here and say their performances weren't good. 
but this is just from the heart. Like, yeah. Yeah. You gotta do it. He was, he was great. I get it. I get it. He's, he's finally getting love from the fans Yep, because he took a lot of crap and yep. it really wasn't his fault. No. <laughs> yeah. No, not um, at all. Not at all. It wasn't so his to fault. Him get like some good writing and to be able to put in just a really great performance as Anakin, like Trent was saying, that Clone Wars armor. Whew, special stuff, man. That, that, that hit me differently. It's I, I special. She so kind of pops down and you see clone troopers run by and I'm like, is it about to happen? <laughs> Are we about to have a moment here? So, yeah, I'm, I literally I'm gonna, had to pause it and just like enjoy the moment. yourself for a, a little bit. Like, I, okay. I was like, like, this is happening. Savor this. Like, it was kind of like, like going to the theater for Endgame. I was like, remember this moment. <laughs> Like, oh my gosh, it will, it will never be the same. Like, yeah. yeah, as this first time that you witnessed this, like, yeah. So, Anakin, Anakin's my favorite. So, so that's my vote too. I, I can't, like, I, I can't say this enough. Like, it, it kind of makes me emotional thinking about how, what you said, Joseph. Like, how it is, you can see it gives him life when he sees the fans like interacting with him. Like when he goes to Star Wars Celebration and there's a room of people cheering for him and you could see him getting emotional on stage. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is special. Like, is no, somebody, somebody asked him this week, like, would you come back for more star Wars stuff? And he's literally like, Oh, I'm never leaving again. Like, he's like, I oh finally, my gosh, like, like that's, he, he's like to know that they're on board. Like the fans are on board. Now, if people want to keep giving me stuff, I yeah. like, I will keep coming back literally as, as much as they want. Like, I love that. It's beautiful. Cause I, I just like, I mean, truly like, I think I heard in an interview as well that like doing the Anakin, uh, I guess for both Obi Wan and uh, for Ahsoka was like it it rejuvenated his passion for acting, and yeah. I mean like that's so cool. Like th- it's it's something now where he can come in and and now all of us kids who grew up loving Anakin are old enough to like you know to be there interviewing him, you know, as the interview, some of the reporters, you know, and, and like sure. have the interactions with him to say like, Hey, we actually loved you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's really cool. Maybe Ray can meet old grandpa Skywalker in her movie. Ooh. I, Ooh. You know? Hey, maybe anything is possible. Force but ghost I, is the force ghost. But I love yeah, it. I, I did to, to be honest though. I'm not like, it's not just a nostalgia thing for me. I genuinely thought he was acting his butt off in in that yeah. episode. He was he was doing great, like more more so than I remember from the prequels. Like it was it was nuanced, and there was an extra layer there that I hadn't seen before. So and he he like blended his and Matt Lanter's yes. performances. Yes, like my, my favorite thing ever is when like Ahsoka's like talking about basically like Order sixty six and everything that happened, and Anakin's just like, "Is that what this is about?" And I'm like, "That's the most like." <laughs> Stupid Anakin, perfect yes. writing piece of dialogue and yep. delivery ever. Like you're gonna bring up the one time that I went on like a genocidal rage for thirty years. Like, well, I mean, that's not cool of you. That, that wasn't quite the only time he went on a genocidal rage, <laughs> which is a tough statement. Which that wasn't even the first time, if you count the Sand People. Right, right. That's but that's what makes the line absurd and the most right. Anakin thing. Talking about like, that one time. What you mean? Like, is that what this is about? Like, <laughs> all right. Well, we have our votes. We have our winner for the best guest performance of 2023. And the winner is Nick Offerman. It, it had to be him. It had to of course, be him. Honestly. Of course it did. Like, I get it. I, I get it. Even voted for Hayden. Like, I get it. He was incredible. 
And uh, I hope to see Nick Offerman more just popping up and Mission Impossible 8 and whatever else he wants to do. Put him in everything. Anything exactly. he wants to be in, you can put Literally, him in. Literally, I sign the checks. Okay, we, we now move to uh, the best supporting TV uh, actor. We're doing best supporting in a TV show and best supporting actor in a movie. We start with TV show and our nominees are Katie Sackhoff for Bo-Katan in The Mandalorian, Kingsley Benadir for playing Gravik in Secret Invasion, Melanie Linsky for her role in The Last of Us, Christina Chong for her role in Star Trek Strange New World Season 2, Ray Stevenson, the late Ray Stevenson for his role in Ahsoka and then Owen Wilson as Mobius in Loki season two. Um, this is, this one is, uh, is a, is a really good one too. I've seen all of these actually, mm-hmm. Joseph, you, you have seen all of these uh, because we have a, we have a star Trek nominee on here as no, well. I, I have, I haven't seen the last of us. Oh, you're right. My bad. My bad. Well, we've all seen most of these, these performances. Yeah. And so, I just really love uh, a lot of these. I could, I could talk about a lot of these for just what I appreciated. Um, I know my vote. Uh, do y'all know yours? Like, is there, is there, are you flipping back and forth between any of this? Point? I'm conflicted between two right okay. now. Who are you conflicted yeah, between? So Ray Stevenson as Balin Skull as like yep. a character is so, so dang cool. Yes. And like, it's such a amazing, unique blend of, kind of anakin kind of obi-wan kind of like count dooku like he's sort of this magic blender of a bunch of different force people we've met and then owen wilson as as our boy mobius like specifically his final speech in glorious purpose yes i'm like oh if i if if that speech isn't in there it's it's an easier choice but that speech is so good it's really good you just have to choose with what you live with but I think for what I said of like whole show, whole character, I think I got to go with the late great Ray Stevenson. Wow. And, and yes. Good. Yes. I love it's, it. It's it's so good. I, it's tragic, truly, that we won't be able to see his incarnation of that character continue because I think he really was on to something special yep. with that performance. I completely agree. Yeah, those those were the two I was torn between. <coughs> Excuse me. It's all right. Also... I really loved Owen Wilson as Mobius, but I think I will also go Ray Stevenson. Hey, yeah. I like it. I like it. Um, I, I gotta, I gotta talk about some of these other ones real quick because those are probably the two I'm between as well. But I really Melanie Linsky in The Last of Us is like she is when you first meet her, like is it's not who her character ends up being. She gives off a totally different vibe when you first meet her character. And then she is downright menacing in the rest of her time in uh, the episode or two that she's in. And it is frightening because like based on how you meet her, you wouldn't expect her to be a person that could pull that off and be menacing, but then she is. And it's like, Oh God, this is terrifying. Yeah. It's Um, so good. And it really like she, she's a big part of like the, the plot really thrusting forward in that show. Um, 100%. Kingsley Benadir, the fact that he actually was able to like, I think, shine in Secret Invasion, I feel like he deserves like double props for that. You know? He, he <laughs> is the one part of that show that that works. Yes, in, at least yes. in parts. Um, yes, yeah, and it's like I feel like the parts that doesn't work, it's 
it's because the show is a mess. But yeah, like when he gets, it's because of the writing decisions. It's not anything to do with his performance. Right, like he, right. He's he as a pure actor is doing great work. Not, I mean, his speech to Fury, even though it's not actually him, which is still annoying to me. Um, yeah. But like when you th- when you think it's him as a pure performance, it's it's great. It is great. I completely agree. Um, with with my vote though, I am going to go the other way. I'm going to go Owen Wilson. Uh, nice. All respect to ray stevenson and, and what he gave in ahsoka and it's um it's special but but owen wilson as mobius is just like i i will be thinking about his speech to loki for a long time and and also just like it's it's really cool that he was able to deliver that but then be the comedic relief so many other uh moments in the season it's just 100 it's just like Owen wilson like my guy like lightning mcqueen He's he's out here in in the Marvel universe, like truly cooking at, at this stage of his career. Like that's another actor I want to see more of. You know what I mean? Like I want to see more Owen Wilson out here. Um, it's manifest destiny. You can't fight it, and neither can I. <laughs> Winner of the best supporting performance in a TV show goes to Owen Wilson for his portrayal of Mobius and Loki season two. We love it. We love to see it um it's it's truly a great performance i mean i i i wish we could see more we might we might see more he might pop up we might i mean i think he's rumored for deadpool 3 but now that we know how loki ended that seems weird yes Um, so yes we'll see we'll see all right we move on to best supporting actor in a movie the field of nominees are Again, apologies for mispronunciations, but Chukwudi Awuji for playing I, that's close. Uh, for playing the High Evolutionary in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, Bradley Cooper as Rocket in Guardians Three, Ryan Gosling as Ken in Barbie, Zoe Saldana for her role in Avatar: The Way of Water, Aman Vellani as Kamala Khan in the Marvels, and Haley Atwell for her role in Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning uh this one's tough for me too i feel like i could go a couple ways trent joseph how about y'all yeah i mean we talked about this briefly already but chikuti awuji as the high evolutionary like is just so fun to hate on purpose i'm not like like it's what he intentionally he talked about it he and james gunn literally wanted a villain that people wanted to see defeated yes um yes and so it's it's one of my favorite villain performances in the recent mcu canon for sure um Let's see some other ones. Bradley Co- Bradley Cooper's interesting because yeah. I think you could make the argument that he's the protagonist of the movie, mm-hmm. and so is it is it really a supporting performance? And actually, I've been I've been That's seeing some I've been seeing some conversation about um that with Ryan Gosling as well. Like I was listening to the Big Picture, and they were like the movie the movie ends up being sort of stolen by Ken and about Ken. <laughs> um, it's and good, so- it's true. So it, so is he is he supporting Barbie or is he a co lead with Barbie? Um, it, it's an interesting semantic thing to get into. Um, and and Haley Atwell, I mean Tom Cruise is like the most one of the most charismatic performers ever. So to have somebody come into the seventh entry of a franchise and go toe to toe, yeah, with your with your lead, I think is something that should not be overlooked. No, that said. There's one performer on this list that basically took over pop culture and the internet and the world this year. It's got to be Ryan Gosling as Ken yeah. for me. He took I mean, over. I mean, it's just like his 
the way he says the word sublime has fundamentally changed my <laughs> how my brain processes like anytime i read that word yep like say it experience it in life like his delivery of that instantly pops into my head now yeah um, yeah and i and i find myself just laughing and chuckling to myself um, it's so and, good and i'm just ken i mean he's he released three different versions of that this weekend this week i the, i'm just ken ep came out there's yeah, a christmas so, version so so you know and a discotheque version so <laughs> so we're gonna be bumping iterations of that song till the sun explodes so it, it, it like the 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 clips from like i guess whatever studio version he recorded got out on social media and like it's already instantly stuck in my head again like it's already yeah. instantly stuck in my head again joseph what's your vote yeah i I kind of agree with Trent on the argument with Bradley Cooper that he can be the lead in the movie. That's interesting. I didn't think about it that way, but I, I, I get it. But if we're looking at this whole list, there's only one actor on here who made us care for an anthropomorphic raccoon. <laughs> so I'm going to take Bradley Cooper. And then, all right. This, the scene when all his friends get killed. Yes. Oh, is just. I mean, it's, it's one of the most heartbreaking moments in in he cinema. He plays it so well, and you know, you've got all these scenes of him interspersed with flashbacks in the movie of how he kind of came to where he was. So yeah, I'm gonna go Bradley Cooper as Rocket. <laughs> it's it's very fitting that you make that choice. He's yeah. Bradley Cooper also just like I I've never like I voice acting is one of those things where like it can get easily overlooked but like you I think most people wouldn't know unless they knew already going into the first Guardians movie that that was Bradley Cooper's voice voicing Rocket. I remember that was a thing in 2014. People kept yeah. freaking out. They were like that's Bradley Cooper mm-hmm. like not Joe Pesci or some Right, right. Like somebody he's, he's who's doing like something no, completely a known different. New Yorker like accent thing. Yeah, it, it deserves a ton of credit. For me, um, I want to give a shout out to Amon Vellani because she is actually just delightful in the Marvels and honestly steals the show. Like, I'm sure. Yeah. It's not even it like... like it, in some ways, it almost felt like more of a soft launch. The movie felt like more of a soft launch for her character in the MCU Dana did for continuing Carol Danvers' story. Did and you guys see the the inter- sorry real quick the like the interview though where somebody was asking her about the poor box office and you could tell they were trying to like do like a gotcha thing of like making her feel bad and she was like hey that's Bob Iger's problem that's not yes, mine. Yes, I like, did see that. Yes, like, oh, she's, I did she's, not see that. She's, yeah, she's, she's she's like I'm happy with what we all did and I had fun yeah. and I worked hard and like that's that's for Bob and the other people at the Disney Corporation to figure out. Like right. So something I think bigger than that. She is writing a Miss Marvel comic. She is. Wait, That's right. I forgot serious? about that. Yeah, I For forgot about that. That's so cool. So, I would buy that. Legitimately, I would buy that. That's so cool. Yeah. If it's not out already. I, I would I would totally check that out. No, I um I just think like it's worth shouting her out for for her role in that movie because it like she really did um I don't want to say she carried it, but I mean she was she was really special in that movie. And um, yeah, I just, it, to, let, let's also remind ourselves that this is like when she was filming this, it was either in tandem with uh, 
her filming Miss Marvel or immediately after. So this is only the first or second time she's actually been in a credited acting role. Um, so it's just, it's pretty incredible. But my vote also is going to go to Ryan Gosling. I, I, I like, I can't not like you can't, it, the Ken, the Kennergy is too strong. It, it pulls is like, you in. It's the thing. The Kennergy is so strong. It's not like he took over because no, yeah, we'll talk about it later. Margot Robbie's incredible. But I'm about to say, Margot Robbie, I feel like I was listening to the Big Pictures episode on Barbie actually a little while yeah. ago. And Sean and Amanda were like, it's kind of a shame that she's getting so overshadowed by Ryan yes. Gosling's yes. energy because like she's actually giving a very complex, psychologically yep. nuanced performance. Yep. So so I don't I don't want to be one of those people who's like, oh, this is a Ken movie and Ken's all I care about because because right. he is just yeah, one that, piece of it, but yeah. but he he does have so many just memorable moments. You know, I can't even beach here is like <laughs> just great. Like there's just so many things. But it, it but he elevates the movie in such a way that I couldn't I couldn't imagine. Like there was all that backlash that like how could Ken be in his forties, like a forty year old actor? Like all this backlash for them casting him as Ken, and it's like I could never picture anyone else being that that version no, of Ken. No, no, it's 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 incredible. He's great. So, so the winner of the best supporting, <coughs> the best supporting actor in a movie is Ryan Gosling. He's taking it home. It's Ryan Gosling's show. It's Ryan Gosling's world, honestly, and we're all just living in it. Um, Ryan Gosling wins the award, and so uh, with that, we move on to our lead actor categories, and. In the lead acting categories, we start with best lead actor in a TV show. And our candidates are, our nominees are Pedro Pascal for The Last of Us, Bella Ramsey for The Last of Us, Rebecca Ferguson for Silo, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka, Tom Hiddleston as Loki, and... Inyaki Godoy, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but I don't know either. Uh Luffy in One Piece, which uh you watched that, correct, Trent? You, oh, you watched one, one Piece. One Piece One Piece is awesome. Like okay. I, and I, I I think you guys would like it. I think. I've um, never watched I mean, like I've truly I've never watched an anime. So th- it would be it, it would be something completely it's, new. It's anime inspired, but like it, it's very accessible like the the live action version is it is it, it it's 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 closer to pirates of the caribbean than like the anime <laughs> that's what, okay say. that that's kind of the vibe i get from everything i've i've seen about it yeah and he he's he's delightful um he, yeah he, he will not get my vote in this category but he he is so much fun um, i i figure as much well, who, one of, who one will of the get big your surprises vote? uh i think i think for this it, it has to be bella ramsey for me oh okay i wasn't i wasn't sure if we were going there okay to, um, so I, you could talk about the field in general, but how how did you get to voting for Bella Ramsey? Yeah, I mean everyone's everyone's really good. I mean, you know, my heart kind of hurts to not pick uh, Rebecca Ferguson. I know, I'm, you know, Mission she, Impossible stands. Yeah, um, and yep. she's amazing in Silo. Yes, um, and and what are some? Of the, I mean, Tom Hiddleston. The re- so the reason I didn't pick Tom Hiddleston, he popped in my head, but I'm like, he kind of gets a cheat, right? Because yep. his his show is a wrap up to him being in loki for like 11 years so, so long like, yeah it yeah. it doesn't feel kind of fair in in some ways to me yeah. um and and so that brought me back to the last of us and i haven't played the game but i watched a walkthrough and um ashley johnson does a great job yeah doing the voice and motion capture for ellie in the game but i thought bell ramsey did a 
if not better, a more believable job of showing that Ellie is for sure like a child. Yeah. And you, yeah. And you see the stark yeah. contrast of her as a character being forced to like grow up so rapidly in this like horrible, horrible landscape. And it's, it's so good. And the rapport that she develops with Pedro Pascal yep. is just incredible. And one of my favorite like acting duo things that we saw this year. Um, so yeah, it's gotta be Bell Ramsey for me. Yeah. I, um, it's it's a it's an incredible performance um yeah we'll we'll this field is really like it's it's truly stacked like i could other than yeah other than the 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 one piece actor like i could give a i could give an argument for all these joseph who's your vote going towards i'll go with hiddleston yeah yeah i think i'll give it to him too just for like the opposite reason of trent not of like is a culmination of his time as Loki. So yeah. that's valid. That that was just how my brain processed it. But I think that's totally valid. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I I, I really enjoyed his performance as Loki. That you know, I don't think there's been a performance he's done of Loki that I haven't liked. No, same. But yeah, but I think this one was really even more nuanced than like his main universe one that slowly grows to love Thor. This one is like truly burdened with glorious purpose. Yes. Like the title says. Yes. And he grows to be like, I'm going to sacrifice myself, you know, pretty much to save the multiverse. Yep. Yeah. It's a great performance and it's, and it's fun to see him get to play the hero after being such a like lovable villain uh, to play the hero is just, it's, it's fitting for, for Tom Anderson. I so this one I I debated on this one maybe the longest out of any of the categories. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, my vote is gonna be also Bella Ramsey. Nice for the performance in The Last of Us as Ellie. Um, look, I I at when I was forming these categories in my mind, like I'm like best lead performance in a TV show. Oh, it's gotta be Pedro, like Pedro Pascal, like as Joel, and like he was just incredible. Like and he kind of dominated he, like pop culture. Like I was he, about to say, maybe besides the Kennergy phenomenon, like the, the person who had the heck of a year between Mando and yep. the last of us and hosting SNL. SNL I think he, yeah. He won an, I think he won an Emmy or was nominated for he an did. Emmy for hosting SNL. Yep. He was, um, he was nominated. Yep. So, so yeah, his great SNL year. stuff was absolutely It was great. It was the, so the, good. The Mario Last of Us, like, oh mashup my gosh, parody. Yes, is, that one was so good. No, so, so great year for our boy Pedro. Um, super excited. You know, maybe we'll get a confirmation on these Fantastic Four rumors soon. Oh, uh, that would um, be real exciting. So, but, so we'll see. But yeah, great year for the guy. But, but at the more I thought about it, I'm like, wait, I actually think Bella, Bella's performance was more impressive because. Mm. You know, Ellie, like like you said, has to be convincing that Ellie's a child. But I just think like Bell's performance as kid Ellie and then as like having to mature on the go, especially yeah. in the episode that's the flashback scene or the flashback mm-hmm. episode of of Ellie as a child in the mall with her best friend. Um it was just really, really good. Um their performance throughout the show is just like it, it goes through so many waves and yeah and and a lot it's just a lot of high highs so so that's my vote and with that our winner 
for the best lead performance in a TV show goes to Bella Ramsey. So there you go. Uh, we are we are getting very close to the end, guys. Um, our last acting category is for the best lead performance in a movie, and our and our nominees are Chris Pine for Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves, Chris Pratt for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Man, we just needed a few more Chris's this year, and we could have had a whole category. <laughs> um, Brie Larson as Captain Marvel in the Marvels, Shamik Moore as Miles Morales in Across the Spider-Verse, Margot Robbie as Barbie in Barbie, and Tom Blythe as Jon Snow in The Hunger Games. Um, Isn't it Cornelius Snow? Sorry, real real quick. Jon Snow's Game of Thrones. You're right. I'm so sorry. I don't know why I said Jon Snow. <laughs> Before everyone was going to come at you in the comments, I was like, let me, let me fix this. I don't know why I said Jon Snow. Yes. Cornelius no dang that's crazy I can't believe I did that <laughs> all right um that would be a wild turn of events um I feel like I know where this one's going but I will uh I will yield the floor to you Trent yeah I mean I think when I talked about Dungeons and Dragons the last time we potted I was like he is the most underutilized Chris in Hollywood um yes. and I, I stand I stand by that take um yep. you know you put him in Star Trek when he wasn't really known, and he's great as Kirk. And then it mm-hmm. feels like Hollywood kind of forgot about him, and it, it's unfortunate. Well, I guess we the big the franchises did Princess Diaries too. That's true. There you go. That's that's where our generation probably met Chris. Actually, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, and but he's he's so good in this. There, there's a moment with his character playing the Lear. That's like also one yes. of the funniest gags yep. of the whole mm-hmm. year for me that I don't mm-hmm. e- want to even hint at and spoil for Joseph because it's the hardest I laughed at some one of the few things. Um, yeah, and there's so I mean Chris Pratt is so good at playing Star Lord. I know really like is. the internet like kind of had a debate like last year where it was like doesn't Chris Pratt do just the Chris Pratt thing and it's annoying yeah. and it's like I can sort of see that but like he's so good at doing the Star Lord Chris Pratt thing. Yep. Um, I'm really glad you put Shane Moore on here actually because. My issues with the ending point for Spider-Verse aside, the arc for Miles as a character of like desperately wanting friends Mm -hmm. in the first one and the start of this one. And then being like, no, I'm so confident in myself and what I have to do that I'm willing to leave everybody behind is so good. And Shamik does it so well. But at the end of the day, I think I got to go with the performance that I think if it's somebody else, the movie doesn't work the same way. And I think that actually is Margot Robbie and all the stuff that she does in Barbie. Yeah. Um, the, the the moment where she like cries and she's like that felt bad but good <laughs> and like she can't verbalize what like tears actually are yeah is like one of the best pieces of subtle acting that I saw this past year yeah um and yeah and yeah like listening re-listening to the big picture they said that they were like everybody's great in this but I think if you take her out and put somebody else who doesn't live up to the 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 moment yep. like the movie doesn't nearly have the emotional impact that it does so so yeah I'm gonna give it to Margot Robbie. Love it. I love it. Joseph, Joseph, how about you? Yeah, I'm like 100% sure Margot Robbie's going to win this one, but I haven't seen Barbie, so I'm going to give it to Shamik Moore. That's right. Okay, let's get a Great vote pick. for so, Shamik. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's just so great as Miles Morales. He, and, you he's know, so Miles good. Morales until Into the Spider-Verse is such a niche character. Yeah. Yep. And he's like brought him to life. Like everybody knows about Peter Parker. So, you know, whether it's 
Tom Holland or Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire or 90s cartoon Spider-Man or 60s Spider-Man. Everybody knows who Peter Parker is. And for him to kind of breathe life into Miles Morales and you see his relationship like with his parents, with Gwen, not so much with Peter B in this one because they don't interact a whole lot. Um, But like what Trent was saying of him growing into self-confidence throughout the course of the movie. Yeah. I just, I think he's great and he's, he's the main character. So he should be the highlight of the movie. And he is. Yep. So yeah, I really enjoyed him. Yep. Great pick. Yep. I love, I love it. He's, he's fantastic. And yeah, I, I, I couldn't really add any more. I gotta also give it to Margot here. I mean, like I, what, what's already been said, (laughs) What, what we've already said, like, I don't need to repeat because it's just like, she's just that good in this movie. She is. She's, she's so good. She is the heart. I mean, she's the heart and soul of this movie. And yeah, and just, yeah, she she's incredible. Uh, it's a, it, she takes Barbie from being just like a, a fun summer blockbuster that that people all go out and dress up to see to being like something that will last in pop culture for a while. Yeah. Um, and with all of our votes in, doesn't doesn't really uh, change the momentum much because Margot Robbie had this one in the bag. Lead best best leading actor in a movie goes to goes to Margot Robbie. She is, nice. She she truly had this one in the bag. Those are our acting categories. Now we can move on to. The kind of big three like project awards. So we'll start mm-hmm. in the animated category for the best animated project of 2023. And our cat or our nominees for this one are Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, The Bad Batch Season 2, The Super Mario Brothers movie, Vision Season 2, and Scott Pilgrim takes off. Um Trent, I'll I'll kick it off to you. This is another one where like I feel like I know where this is going, but also there are some like really uh maybe slept on hits in here. Yeah, I mean Star Wars Visions 2, there was there was no standout episode to me like there was with Star Wars Visions 1, but it's still so cool to see what different animation studios in different countries and cultures yes. bring to this Star Wars universe. I think it's just such a cool thing that disney and lucasfilm are doing and i hope they keep doing it mm-hmm. um so definitely want to shout that out teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem like i i just smiled so much like it's in the awesome. theater when i saw this like because it was just like i loved these characters growing up and this was the first time that they felt like teenagers to me i think yep. i talked about this last time like rap like um rafael sort of always had in other iterations like the the angry anger issues of like a 40 year old man <laughs> and for the first time it was like he was actually a teenager with the other turtles yeah um so that's great and yeah bad badge had the amazing finale but at the end of the day you gotta you gotta go with the, the one that changed the game i think and uh, across the spider verse the, yeah. uh, the first one was already this monumental leap in animation and i think visually um if not narratively visually across the spider verse like took the baton and was like, let's go even harder. Exactly. Like yep. More psychedelic yep. with the visuals and like the Leonardo da Vinci inspired vultures, just insane. 
Um, yeah. The fact that they have the 60s animation Spider-Man in there, like with the joke of like, oh, I pulled something like there's just so many so much visual information going on, but it's yep. never confusing to me. Um, it, it, it really I think is a work of visual art, um, regardless of anything else. It will go down in history just for that. For it sure. is. It is. A, it is absolutely a work of art. Yeah, for those same reasons, I'm going to go across the Spider-Verse. I think you look at something like Ninja Turtles, and I think we talked about it um, in another podcast this year, that Ninja Turtles definitely kind of takes some of its stylistic choices from Into the Spider-Verse and Across the Spider-Verse. It's just not as good artistically. Um, Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. But yeah, I think Across the Spider-Verse, its animation style is just something we've never really seen before in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's true. So it, it has this really unique factor. I mean, as you know, as far as an as like a 3D animation goes, Bad Batch season 2, the animation's pretty much flawless. It, it's really but solid. It's got a lo- it's got a lot of story weaknesses in the first half. Super Mario movie, a lot of fun. Oh my gosh. A lot so of fun. fun. And that's Rainbow another road the animation incredible. is perfect. Yes. yes. Yeah, as far as like the quality of animation, all of these are are pretty good. And and this uh, is like the first year I feel like where it was like it wasn't just Disney and Pixar had it on lock yeah. as like the only yeah. like yeah. we these like a bunch of different studios are represented here. Yep. And yeah. and I think that's cool. But yeah. Yeah, it, it's this Spider-Verse for me. Oh, it's it's Spider-Verse for me too. You guys know I love this movie. It's it's incredible. It's uh I mean it is it uh it just it does so much for me story-wise and character-wise for Gwen and Miles. So I think I think that from a storytelling standpoint, I it's the best story on the list. But yeah, I mean, you you've you we've already spoken so much about it. Visually, like like people will study this years down the road, what the Spider-Verse movies did for animation. So yeah. Um, and and, yeah. and two, you know, me and Trent have talked about some of our problems with the movie about like pacing and the ending i still loved this movie yeah like, it I, was I, a great movie yeah. i still already rewatched it on netflix and I'll, i i kind of want to watch it and talking about it again tonight like yeah. a snippet of it tonight. yeah so. yeah because because you know we said well I, I can't remember if trent said this but i was like yeah i didn't like it as much as the first one that's more a praise of the first one than a knock on this one. I would say I should mm-hmm. clarify for people who don't know. I consider like Into the Spider Verse the first one like perfect. Like I'm like this is a genuine masterpiece that has yeah. zero flaws of any yeah, kind that that's I can it. that I can name. I, that is and so, it. And so the fact that I can poke holes in this one, even just a few, inherently makes it it seems drastic, but it, but it's it's not. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just this, the difference between like. It's a genuinely great movie, just not yeah. as good as its predecessor. <laughs> But its predecessor is like one of the best comic book movies ever. Ever, so. like of yeah. all time. So, exactly. So it's an impossible bar. It's it's sort of like yeah. saying like mm-hmm. Disney never like re-reached the peak of like the Lion King. Some people say and it's like, well, yeah, but the yeah. Lion King is like a masterstroke. So exactly yeah. it, it, that you're a hundred percent spot on. So the winner is Spider Man Across the Spider Verse for best animated project. Spider Man Across the Spider Verse is our winner and very deservedly so. Yeah, and you know, um, just speaking off of the the Lion King there for a minute, you know, I think Mulan can 
can compete. Ooh, I so. respect that. I, cause, oh. Because I, I might have more of an emotional soft spot for Milan. Definitely rewatched him more as a kid. But I can't, I can't like, deny the Lion King, though, yeah. on any, like, technical yeah. merits. Yeah. Yeah, the Lion King is great. But I'm like... Give, but, some, but, give Mulan his flowers too. Mulan no, no, I, 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 I view them similarly. Like they're, they're both in my top five for Disney animation. So, all right, we move to TV show of the year. Now we are, we are two awards left, and for TV show of the year, our nominees are Ahsoka, Loki season two, Silo, Star Trek: Strange New World season two. Monarch Legacy of Monsters and The Last of Us. Um, look, I know you guys. Joseph, I I feel like I know where your where your vote is. I, I and um, you know, I don't I don't know if I'm right, but I might toss it to you and just ask. What what's your vote gonna be here, Joseph? You know, I really liked Strange New World season two. Ahsoka and Loki were pretty good, but I'm going Strange New World season two. I mean, what <laughs> else was right. it going to be? There you go. People, there what they go. want? Come on, what, Joseph. What else? What else is it going to be? Don't, be, don't <laughs> scare me like that again. You guys have been hearing me gush about Strange New Worlds like all year, even before. I, I was season like, is he about to just like 180 on us and be like, I was wondering. No, that of too. course not. Of I'm course, like, not. Strange New Worlds is like. Yeah, it's the show of the year for me. I, I mean, Ahsoka was was good. I enjoyed it. Loki season two was good. <clears throat> Strange New Worlds was like, this is amazing. This this is the show that was made for me. I mean, Ahsoka yeah. was kind of the show that was made for me too. But Strange but New Worlds is just, it's just like, it's so much fun. I just... I loved it. It's, it's just it's just great. It's my show of the year. And admittedly, I haven't seen Silo or The Last of Us. So, you know. That's all right. You I you're missing out. I definitely go watch them, but you know you love Strange New Worlds and and that's something that I got to catch up on. You know, I got to yeah, catch same. up on some Strange New Worlds. Because if if everybody out there doesn't know, Josh came down uh that's right. for for a wedding and I was like, "All right, buddy, you're in my place." So, <laughs> If you don't want to watch Strange New Worlds, you're gonna to have to go somewhere else. My house, my um, rules. But you were and, uh, you were so kind to get me started on the right, you know, episode one, season one, yep. episode so, one. So I got you started, Trent. I think you said you've seen a couple episodes. I, I saw the first episode because we we had a brief uh, Paramount Plus trial when we were catching up on like the Yellowstone yeah. spinoffs, yeah. and so I was yep. like, oh, let me like before this expires, let me just see if I can get the first episode in, and I did, and it was pretty awesome. It was so. good. It was I, that pilot is good. Star Trek is literally the only reason I get Paramount Plus. <laughs> yeah. Well, now because well, we Bob, we do Bob we do subscribe to. Yeah, because we do subscribe to Max. So if this oh, well. Warner Brother Paramount merge happens, I'll be out of excuses. Yeah, so. Exactly. Well, the, I don't see the merge happening until 2025 at the earliest. Pro- pro- probably so. not. Probably not. <clears throat> but For, yeah, I mean, it's strange new worlds. What What else do you guys think I'm going to pick? Oh, yeah. I, I, I know where your vote is. Exactly. That's why I flipped it to you first. Um, Trent, you want to... I, before you, you know, give your your pick and your reasoning. Do you want to talk about Monarch Legacy of Monsters at all? Because we didn't talk about that one on the last. Yeah, episode. yeah, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this is this is part of Legendary's MonsterVerse that started in 2014 with Godzilla. Then then uh, you know we got Kong Skull Island, Godzilla versus Kong. We're about to get uh, Godzilla and Kong. 
Um, yes, and, right. and this, That's and right. this is a this is a TV show set in that universe. It the timeline. It, it's two timelines. Like one in the past when when Monarch has an agency, which is this agency that's tracking all this uh, Titan, as they call them, activity. And then in the present, it's sort of right after the Godzilla attack in the 2014 movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this show sort of is like, how did Monarch get founded? What is Monarch doing now? Mm-hmm. And then in between the tying both these stories together, you have Kurt Russell and his son, Wyatt Russell, playing two the, the same character yeah. but in two different time period iterations, which I think I is just that. such a unique experiment. And then this this sort of family secret and legacy thing that I don't want to spoil for you guys that that sort of is a mystery tying the two together. And I think it's just such a smart ground level way of like, how do humans react to a seismic event, like monsters running around and stuff. It's something that I sort of wish the MCU would do. I know we had agents of shield, but the thing that was always weird for me with agents of shield was like, they knew that there was superhero stuff happening. Whereas this show is about how like real people quote react to it. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's just really cool. Apple TV Plus is just on a hot streak of really solid television right now. I think yes. if you are a fan of the MonsterVerse movies at all, I think you'll definitely like it. And I think even if you're not, it's just a really fun like mystery sci-fi, um, yeah, mystery show kind of conspiracy theory show that that really okay. surprised me this year. I like that. I that's intriguing. That that being the premise is intriguing to me. Yeah. That said, I said all this great thing, and you've heard me talk about all these other shows. Um, I I can't deny The Last of Us. No, as, as, absolutely as a piece of not. It's it's so good. Like, does it? Some people argue it's too literal of an adaptation of the video game, and it doesn't actually change. And it's like, I guess that's that's a thing. But like, it it's so good, and and everything about it. There's like, there's not a bad episode. There's moments that no. like made me tear up. There's moments yep. that made me scared. Yep. Um, the the recreation of like the monsters is so perfect. Um, it's The Last of Us for me, hundred percent. I haven't seen it, but talking about that criticism <coughs> that it's too much like the video game, like how many video game movies have we had or video game movies or TV shows that are just like awful, like just yes. absolutely yes. terrible. Exactly. Exactly. And you get one that's actually good and the criticism has always been, well, they don't stick to the story of the games. And this one sticks to the story of the games, I guess. So. <laughs> yeah. People people will find a way to complain one way or another. Yeah. And like also to that point, not everyone played the game. I myself did not play the game, and right. it's my. I'll just tell you, it's my vote too. It's The Last of Us. Like, it's my favorite show of the year by far. Like, it. It just. Sometimes that's okay to like to appeal to maybe the the audience that that didn't you know love the video game or watch or play all the video game rather. Um, I I think it's an incredible it's an incredible story. It makes me want to go play the video game, actually, which I think is a pretty like that's what you would want. I think as the creators of that game, you would want people to yeah, watch you the want show. That corporate and then, synergy, right? Exactly. So like, I I love it. The performances are incredible. We've talked about it a lot already today. It it's one of those things where it could be if the second season continues in this vein, it could be like a a show that pop culture in general talks about as, as like owning the moments of this like early 2020s. Like I, I genuinely think there hasn't been a show that, that has this kind of potential to dominate in a sense that it's, it's, it's fandom, but it's also just prestige TV. 
and it can yeah. cross over a bunch of different audiences. It's it's got staying power for sure. Well, especially since HBO, who's been like the the name in prestige TV right. with you know Game of Thrones and all that stuff, but now Succession's over, Barry's over, yep. all these things. It's yep. like that. This is their the, the thing. This is the thing. Yeah, exactly. This is it. Like this is their bread and butter now. Um, and so with all of our votes collected, our winner for the best TV show of 2023 goes to The Last of Us. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I Had mean that that speaks to it speaks to what we were just talking about. This this show really dominated the early part of the year and and it feels like a long time ago that this movie came out cuz it was. But uh but yeah. And last but not least, it all comes down to this. The 2023 movie of the year nominees are avatar the way of water barbie dungeons and dragons honor among thieves guardians of the galaxy volume three mission impossible dead reckoning part one and spider-man across the spider-verse this one legitimately like i think i'm deciding on the spot this is i i kid you not the movie of the year has been so difficult for me to pinpoint because i'm like Oh man, but I love that movie. Oh, but I actually really maybe this one's better. But I love that movie. What? What do you? What? How are you guys feeling about this one? Yeah, there, there's like three that I'm that I could easily see myself picking differently depending on like what mood I'm in or like what day you ask me this question. Interesting. Um, but, but yeah, I, I guess I'll run through my thought process a little bit here. So like Avatar: The Way of Water, great world building. Incredible. You know, Pyacon is my boy. Yes. Um, I, I hope to see him prosper for a long time. All all the movies that they make. That said, there there there's a little bit of you know, it's a little long. I ha <laughs> I, I haven't actually sat through a full rewatch yet. I've rewatched like pieces of it, but I have not been able to like sit down to watch all like three hours of it again. Three and a um, half. Three and a half hours. Three and a half, thank you. Um and then Barbie, you know, Barbie, Barbie's great. And we talked about this so much, but there, just Josh, I think you and I are on the same page. There, there's that one section yes. of like the Mattel stuff and yep. the chase that I, that I think is the movie trying to be like clever and smart about like what it is. And I, I unnecessarily so. And I'm yeah. like, you can just be earnest and be yep. in the moment with these characters. Yep. And so that, that kind of holds it back for me. Um, and then the rest of these, you know, I've talked at length on the pod about, I love them. I think at the end of the day, though, I said that um, Dungeons and Dragons was my number five movie of the year. But there's also overall my number th my number two movie of the year is on this list two so far. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three is just it's so good. Yes, it's amazing. <laughs> like, it is absolutely incredible. The the sets, the villain, everything, and the fact that. It might. It's not better than, but it has more finality in some ways to it than even Endgame does. Yeah, yeah. Like it. This feels like a a concluding chapter for these characters. That and yeah, you know, I like I cried at at like three different parts of this movie. So it's, I, it's I, you know, special. And I laughed and like they perfectly used the first f bomb in the MCU in this. <laughs> like it's like there's just so many positives and like virtually no negatives here. That that this is my favorite. Yeah, like fandom. This is it. This is the vote. This is it. Yeah. All right. Okay. Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in shock a little bit, Trent. I can't I, believe, I can't believe you diverted from, from your Lord and Savior Tom Cruise. This is. 
<laughs> that, that that like my heart was like tom i'm sorry <laughs> but you did like this is just part one and like <laughs> we'll get you we'll get you back in 2025 yeah the long wait till 2025 <laughs> Like, if I'm in a bad mood all 2024, the listeners will know why. It's like, oh, Trent's thinking about how he could have been watching (laughs) Mission Impossible right now, isn't he? He is. That's always on his mind. Wow. Guardians Volume 3. I love it. I love it. You've got a bunch of uh, random Marvel shows to hold you over in 2024. (laughs) That's true. We'll we'll talk about that at another point. Wow. All right. Joseph, where are you going with this one? I... I'm gonna go with Trent on this one. Wow! I didn't see this coming, guys. I did not see this coming. Yeah, I'm gonna go Guardians Three. It's just like such a satisfying end, and it's so strange because it was a satisfying end, and none of the main characters died, even though they like desperately wanted you to think so in the trailers and in like the opening twenty minutes. Yep, and I think. It, it showed that you can have real stakes in a movie and then have nobody die and not feel cheap. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Because I don't feel like, <coughs> I don't feel like it, it did any of the characters a disservice because I think guardians two did Drax a disservice, but mm. he felt more like Drax in this movie. Nebula was great. Um, and rocket was just, the heart and soul of the entire movie. So. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. So, yeah, I'm going Guardians 3. Wow. All right, guys, this is tough. So, I... Man. A movie that's not going to get mentioned that I just want to mention, Dungeons & Dragons. We've talked about it already today. I love it. And I it's and so I want to rewatch it because I honestly think I might like it more than I'm thinking I like it. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because it gets it, it, it naturally it gets it, it drowned out a little bit by the other movies that we're talking about. Um, y'all know I love Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, and it just is special to me. It is, um, it's not perfect. It's not a it's not a perfect movie. Um, and I re- and like I. I need to go back and rewatch it because I think just like my, my initial feeling in the theater was just so electric mm-hmm. uh, from watching that movie. And a lot of it is because of this, the, the net, the animation style the way it's made. It really just like is, it is an intense feeling leaving that movie on the cliffhanger that it was yeah. um, the miles and Gwen stuff is, is so just perfect that we got this in a spider-man movie that it's 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 miles and gwen story it's not a peter parker story it's 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 miles like feeling the burden of being a a child hero and it's gwen like facing the the wrath of her father but then like finding a way into her family when she's outcast by her father in a sense it's really really cool uh i love that aspect of gwen's story Guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something I didn't think I was gonna do though. If I really sit and think about it, and I think movie of the year, what like actually sticks with me the most in 2023? <coughs> I loved this movie. It's also not perfect, but what talking our whole conversation tonight has led me to make this pick. I gotta give it to Barbie, guys. I mean, 
if you're saying objectively, like somebody talked about this, the um the big picture, they did their top five movies episode, and yeah. one of the people on there said. I didn't put either of these movies on the list, but you cannot sit there with a straight face and say that Oppenheimer and Barbie weren't like the movies of the year in the sense of like what they did financially for the theater industry, what they did culturally of like the fact that these two directors got people to watch movies about like how, like what, what it means to be a woman and people in a room talking about nuclear physics for three hours (laughs) and they both made a billion dollars. Like that, that's something. Um, It's wild. They are they are the movies of the year whether whether you like them or not. Um, they are, but Barbie I happen to. Sorry, Barbenheimer was like the the cultural thing this year, like the summer of Barbenheimer. Yeah, it was. It, it was like like Top Gun Maverick saved movie theaters, yep. and then like Barbenheimer saved like the movie going experience yes. i think yep and like talking like and um they were talking about this in the ringer a lot where it was like it was the first time in a while I, people remember like going to see movies in the theaters and then immediately going to get a meal afterwards and yeah. like talking about it and yeah like, oh, so what do you think of that and like yep. did that speak to you and what made you cry and what like what made you laugh and like yep. it it's just yeah so so i'm not mad about that at all but it, and the difference is like this isn't just like oh it owned the moment so i'm voting like i love this movie and i it's and i great. think they're like that's what I'm realizing is like, oh man, like I remember when I rewatched it, I was like, oh, that there are some things here that I missed the first time that I don't like. But overall, the feeling is, God, th- that movie's great. Like it's so, it's just so charming and funny and sincere. Yeah. And I will, I will rewatch this movie about ten more times throughout my lifetime. I'm, I'm, I'm sure of it. So yeah, now that it, now that it's on Max, I'll probably rewatch it tonight. I was gonna, yeah. I was trying to get a rewatch in before this, but I didn't yeah. get to it. But I, but I think this weekend, a this rewatch is the will time. probably happen. <laughs> this is the time. Well, guys, that that takes us to our end. Drum roll, please. The 2023 movie of the year awarded here on the Stinger. It goes to Barbie, guys. It's nice. Barbie is. The people's choice. It's it's our choice at the Stinger. Barbie is our movie of the year. And yeah. with that, our award ceremony comes to a close, guys. We we really grinded this one out, guys. Two two hours of of intense heated debate. No, I'm just kidding. It was if it was. If you're still here at blast. the end listening to this, you deserve like an extra little like medal, like yeah. just like. Gold star for gold was it, star. Was it, uh, two hours of me begging people to go watch Strange New World. <laughs> Exactly. I like, got to talk about Mission please, Impossible a lot. <laughs> please, I don't want to be the only one watching this. <laughs> we got to convince we got to convince HBO that we're worth keeping. That's that's really what it is. It's a it's a plea. Guys, this was a blast. I'd love that we love this stuff so much. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is this is what like I love doing this episode. It is it's a great time to just reflect. Look at look at all this stuff that we watched this year and talked about. And we can't wait to do it all again next year. So as always, from, from me, from Trent, from Joseph, from all of us at the singer, like thanks for rocking with us, guys. Thanks, thanks for listening to us all year long. And <coughs> we're gonna have some really fun content coming your way in 2024. We really are. We can't wait to to see what what the new year brings and it's not going to be as full of content but um in terms of movies that are coming out in theaters but like but we're going to be here to talk about what's out there and we're going to be here to do more drafts and to do more uh to do more hall of fame episodes and, and character studies and all of that stuff like it 
it is it's gonna be a great time we hope you enjoy your new year and know that we will be here in 2024 with a lot more to say we we are we got we got plenty more to cover as always subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts subscribe to our youtube channel follow us on instagram and tiktok at the stinger pod and we will catch you in the new year in 2024